Welcome, Disciple Makers, and thank you for joining us. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board Discipleship Team, led by Scott Sullivan, exists to help churches take the next step toward becoming a healthy, disciple-making church. Now let's join today's broadcast. Hey, Discipleship Tribe, we're so glad that you're joining us on this broadcast today. We are talking technology, specifically talking about tracking disciples and using uh, church software to be relational. So uh, don't check out yet. All right, don't don't go just swipe on to something else. We're we're going to be talking non-nerd talk today, but also talking about uh, what it is about church software that can help us uh, be relational and and reach people. And so, my name is PJ Dunn. I serve here in North Georgia on the uh, discipleship team uh, with Georgia Baptist, and we have Matthew Gibbs with us. Matthew Gibbs is in East Central. Um, uh, Matthew, tell us a little bit about uh, how things are going down there. Things are going very well. I am one of the part-time consultants doing discipleship in the central part of the state. Uh, in each of our central regions, there's about 600 churches, and I get the privilege to serve down here uh, full-time on staff at Second Baptist Warner Robins and then help churches around the region as well. So I, I really enjoy what I do. Got a, a number of learning communities, work with pastors and staff guys, helping them do discipleship where on the churches. And so I just... It, it's a privilege to serve on this team and serve with you guys. Yeah, Matthew does a fantastic job down there. And um, and we have on a special guest today, Boyd Pelly. Now, Boyd has been, uh, you know, if you've gone to some conferences, you might have seen Boyd. You might have seen a handshake and a smile. He's He's been around at several things, um, uh, SBC, uh, but also conferences all around the country. Uh, he's the co-founder and culture alt architect at uh, Church Team since 2000. Um, so, Boyd, you know, you, you've been a discipleship administrative family pastor in New Mexico, Nebraska, and Texas. And right out of the gate, that just tells us you've seen this a lot of different ways. This is not just one church for, for 30 years, and this is the way we did it, and we didn't challenge the process. When you move states and jobs, <laughs> and it's over multiple years, I can appreciate um, just seeing it done different ways and then saying, okay, maybe this can be different, right? And a little bit about that. So tell us about your family. Um, you're married and kids. Tell us about them. All right. Yes, actually, married thirty-seven years tomorrow. So, how about that? And then um, two kids. Our kids are thirty-three, thirty-one. They both have kids of their own. We are kind of in that second loop of preschoolers watching our kids raise preschoolers. Our grandkids are six, five, uh, six, four, three, two, and one. So, if you guys remember that phase of life, it's crazy watching them go through it. And then we go home. So, <laughs> but they live like 30 minutes from us. They're, um, they deeply involved in discipleship at their church as well. And so we have a blast. Uh, well, what I hear is that you uh, care about check-in. So if you're wondering <laughs> if the software was going to work for check-in, I think we said, yes, I, I got all the ages covered right there. So. Uh, okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> that, that really was the nerd angle on that, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we did it. So um, y'all, we, uh, you know, what we want to really talk about today is we're going to start with our, our stories of how we just got involved with this. And, you know, none of us have software or IT backgrounds. That That's not where we came from. And so, um, you know, church software you know, this isn't just a broadcast for the nerds. And so just a little bit about me. So when I was called into ministry, it was after September 11th. And, um, and, and when I was praying and talking to God, um, uh, he, he reminded me 
uh, when people were falling in the towers? What what was I doing about their salvation? What was PJ involved with sharing the gospel with them? And I wasn't. I wasn't concerned about where they were going. And so I was called into ministry, and I'm going to be a pastor, and and I'm going to be a senior pastor, and I'm excited. And so I go off to Southwestern, and through some mentoring, I I, hey, I think I'm going to be an education guy. I love education, and and you know, I come from a family of teachers, and so. That was a big shift. I said, all right, I'm going to go be a discipleship guy now. And the next thing I know, I find myself in the pastor's office when they can't update a website. And they say, uh, well, we don't know what to do. And I said, well, I can figure that out. And then I start doing something else. And I say, well, I can figure that out. And so as I'm a singles pastor and full-time, um, I, they say, well, you know, uh, we can do IT as part of this job too, right? And the next thing I know, my next three jobs has the word IT director in it. And I had no plans to be that. I didn't set out to be that guy. I just generally tried to help solve problems and and so ended up in that realm. And so for me, it's been a shock that I've that I've always been around technology this way. I didn't set out to do that. Um, but but the Lord can combine all of those to making disciples and we'll we'll break into that in just a little bit. Um Matthew, tell us a little bit about your story. Well maybe it was Providence for you, PJ. <laughs> it could have been Providence. Over into the Providence for you to do there. Probably. Well, um, God's call in my life was uh, similar to yours. I was called in the ministry. Um, the, the guys who had mentored me uh, and really toured into my life were ministers of education, discipleship guys, discipled me. And that was really where my heart was. And so uh, long story short, that's where I ended up in discipleship ministry. Uh, and sometimes the discipleship guy ends up being the guy that has to talk about with the senior pastor or the staff what church management software we use and why we should use it. Um, and that was part of what we've done here uh, a number of years ago and, and the, the resource that we chose. A, a big reason for the, for the specific management software we use is because it allows us to create pathways for touches and because people matter. You know, if I had to, if somebody were asking, why do you use and church software why did you choose it well number one people matter and and it's not just data it's data about people that helps us minister to them uh efficiency matters doing it well and 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 the resource uh you know the church management software helps us minister and manage uh that data so that we can minister well but then lastly we have to have a way to measure our success and so that that uh that data helps us measure hey are we are we accomplishing what we want to accomplish and if not here's we can look at some things and figure out why we're not and adjust accordingly so i think it just helps us be better at what we do and it's not about numbers it's about people yeah it, it is and that's what drove the need to even turn on the software was that we love people and that we want to forward this mission that we're called to and you know the pastors that are watching um, matthew as we know here in georgia 88 percent of them are single staff bivocational we know that the average size church is somewhere around 100 or less than that in Georgia, and that's great. That's what God is doing. That's how he's spreading the gospel here in Georgia. But just because your church is a certain number doesn't mean that you don't need software, because software isn't just about a computer in the other room. It's about people in the pew. And so often we say, well, I only have 40 people. You know, Why, why would I need church software? We're going to talk about that in a second. But I think when you value the person, then you're going to see software differently rather than something that controls you. It's something that enables you to have richer relationships and more engaged relationships. And so that's my segue to you, Boyd. Tell us a little bit about uh, you and how you got into this. Yeah. So um, when I went to college, I didn't grow up uh, Southern Baptist, but when I went to college, I got really involved in a Baptist student ministry. 
where um, people really poured into my life. I understood what discipleship looked like, what it meant to be a disciple, what it meant to make a disciples. I had a privilege of doing that a bunch of years. So afterwards, I was a journeyman. So I went overseas for a couple of years, came back, went to seminary, um, was doing student work, got my MDiv, jumped on church staff. And about 10 years in on church staff, um, I was a discipleship pastor. I was overseeing, a, it was a newer church in the Midwest and didn't have the facilities to do Sunday schools. We had small groups all over the place. And I always felt like it was a bottleneck to ministry, to really getting people connected. It was like, come to Boyd and, you know, help let him connect a group or fill out this card and they'll get into a group and all of that kind of stuff. And about the same time, I um, uh, started learning about cloud-based computing. This is about 2000. And I thought, uh, wouldn't it be amazing if we could build a software on the cloud around the core process of making disciples and building teams. And um, I knew that uh, one of the things that builds culture in the, in the church is the tools the churches use. And a lot of the church software in those days especially was primarily built around money and a little bit around attendance. And there was so much more in terms of building relationships that was possible. And so that's kind of what got us launched in the early on uh, days. Next eight years, I continued to be on church staff while we were building the software and the Lord just blessed it and it grew till about 15 years ago. Now I was able to go full time and focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so all of the stories have that people thread in it, you know, like the reason we got involved in this is because of people. And so, um, I think, I think that's a big deal. And that's, that's really the first question I'm going to ask both of you. So I'd, I'd love to hear a story about how software helped you engage with someone, you know, somebody in your ministry, somebody you connected with, um, that outside of software, maybe it would have happened, uh, but it would have been a, a little bit more challenging. So, um, uh, Matthew, I'll let you go first. What's one story. Let me give you two quick stories. One is from a previous church. I promise they'll be quick You're from a previous church. And it was actually something we were using there. Uh, the pastor had had started a process where he was ministering to widows and widowers in, in kind of a unique way, uh, and and he was using church management software to uh, to keep up with the one year anniversary of the widower or widows the death of their spouse, and he wanted to reconnect with them and minister to them usually with a handwritten card or maybe a phone call. Well, when he left, I inherited that. And so we just continued that, but the software really helped us track and keep up with that so that we could be relational and minister to those people in what could be a very sensitive time for them. So that was something, that was one of my first first memories of using it that way to really connect relationally with some people and, and got to know some people in ways I may not have otherwise gotten to know them uh, as a result of that. Uh, currently, there's something that we do with our software that really helps us minister uh, because we we really we we really are intentional about disciple making here at Second, and we have a pathway. And so, our software uh, creates a number of touches along that pathway to get people connected first, to get them engaged in a in a, in a group, some type of small group. We call them life groups, and then eventually to get them involved in serving. Our pathway is connect, grow, serve. And so just the, the connect part of that, there's about seven or eight touches when somebody attends our church, we discover a prospect. And so the software helps make sure that all of these ministries, me, our senior pastor, children's, we're all making connections with this new family, this new um, 
prospect in order to build relationships with them and find out about ministry needs or how we can connect with them to get them involved in the process of being disciple here. So uh, it just, and that's why I talked about efficiency. It just helps us be efficient in doing it well. Yeah. Well, efficiency is a good word here. And, and, you know, and I've, I've been transparent that efficiency sometimes gets me in trouble uh, because I don't want to slow down and have that relationship. But in this case, efficiency helps multiply those efforts in a big way. And so I think that is a really good word to, to, to key on now. Now, Boyd probably hears a lot of these, uh, but but maybe give us one or two since Matthew cheated. <laughs> okay, good, because I did have two. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Um, so my 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 classic one, let's just call it the Johnson Smug Group, when I was a, um, a discipleship pastor, um, one of the things that we learned early on is that when we measure the consistency of a group, in other words, what percentage of people attend when that group meets, we discovered that that um, rate was an indicator of the health of a small group. Mm. It's a lot more than just attendance and then it's bigger, but it's an actual, which of our groups are healthy, which ones are struggling. So we had developed this metric and that's part of what helped church teams grow is how we were helping church actually evaluate the relative health of groups. And I noticed this group, the Johnson group, let's say, um, their consistency rate had gone downhill significantly. So I got in there and I was able to look at the different people and I saw the families that stopped coming and I recognized there was a little bit of difference in them. So I went to the group leader, then I went to the group and they had been doing a small group on parenting and I knew half the group were homeschoolers and half the, uh, the group were public schoolers. And if you guys have been around that, um, either of those kind of extreme on either ones, homeschoolers a lot of time don't believe that um, you love Jesus, if you're not homeschooling your kids because you're born into their life. Yeah. And public schoolers a lot of times think you're not committed to the Great Commission or you don't have the world if your kids aren't being salt light in the community, right? Well, what had happened is this group around that curriculum got, got into conflict over that issue. And it was bad enough that they went different directions. They stopped coming. Well, I noticed that within a month because of this consistency, right? went to the group, sat down with them, and was able to work through the issue of how we accept one another. And the discipleship effort that happened as a result of the data flagging for me one of my groups to come into those. And that's the front line of our discipleship anyway. So that's one of my classic favorite stories mm -hmm. is how we help not just individuals, but groups be healthy. And then another one in a, in a few minutes, well, um, one of the things we do is a, a demo for folks just to see how our, our pipeline works, the, the touch points, as Matthew said, um, our pipeline works. And so I was at a uh, conference and I threw out the word, hey, you guys, text the word demo, gave our phone number, and I'll give it now. So I'll give it again later, but it's 817-677-9850. So uh, some people started texting that and we set up a follow-up workflow much like a marketing campaign would be. So we had set that up and just a couple of weeks ago in response to an automated personalized email, uh, text that they got, they had responded back through our chat feature that they're ready to start using church teams. So um, that was really cool, just a way to stay in touch on an ongoing basis with somebody and then to bring them uh, back in as a result of, of t the software. Yeah, we have the best intentions thinking we're going to do it. I mean, all of us have the best that I can keep up with everybody. I can do this. You know, we think we're, we're Superman sometimes. And, and, uh, and so we think we can do follow up. We can, 
And the reality is we only have capacity for so many relationships in our lives. And so even in a church that runs 40 to 60 people on a Sunday morning, you're going to drop the ball on uh, when, you know, um, a deacon passed away last year and the widow sitting there, you're going to drop the ball sometimes. And so, um, you know, like you're saying, those automated responses aren't impersonal. Uh, they can be personal. They can say, hey, how can I pray for you today? You know, as an automated system, because we genuinely want to pray for them. But we also sometimes forget to send that text message. Yeah, that, that's exactly that says, right. Can I can I pray for them? Right, Matthew? Yeah. Um, where are we at? In our, okay, here we go. So uh, where are we at? Uh, next question. Here we go. So how can church software be relational? That's where we're at. Um, and so digging into this idea of relational, I'll, I'll share I'll share mine just, just for a quick minute. And so, um, you know, I think software gives back what we give it. Both of you just mentioned attendance. Mm-hmm. And I think attendance is a great measurement. Um, but if it measures serving and how many times people serve, uh, that can show us how many people are serving in the church, how many people are serving, how many times during the, the church. We don't need to assume, you know, when we're sitting in meetings and somebody says, well, you know how it is, you know, 10% of the church does 90% of the work. We can measure that. That's not, that's not a guess. We can actually go in and measure that and we can measure the volunteers. I think not measuring what our volunteers do doesn't value what they do. I'll say it that way. No matter how big your church is, no matter how small your church is, if you're not taking the time to say, hey, Matthew served with us four times this week in these four capacities, then you're not valuing his commitment. You're just uh, taking it for granted. You're not You're not really saying, hey, Matthew, thank you for doing that. And so, you know, when it's relational, you look at the serve, you look at the attendance, you look at financial, and you look at those things and you say, what do they mean? And I'll, and I'll give you I'll give you an example. So, so my one, my one story would be Crystal. So, Crystal had been attending church for almost a year and she gave cash um, as her tithe and sat in the pew with her her friend from work. And uh, one Sunday she puts in the cash and she fills out her name. And and so she fills out her name and it's Crystal and uh, puts in her, her address and, and her phone number, right? Because that's what we have on those tithing envelopes. And that's where she went wrong. So the systems go off after this. So the the financial lady is going to get that. Oh, it's a cash donation. It's crystal. We got a name in the system that fires a new giver. And it's not because they give. It's not because we want her to give more. It's because she needs to be discipled. And so I get the contact that says, hey, this is a new person in the system. Why don't you give crystal a call? So I call crystal two days later. Hey, crystal, so glad you came on Sunday. Um, I don't know if you're single or married. I'd love to help you get connected in a group. And she was like, oh my gosh, I filled out the form. Like that was her first reaction. She was upset. She filled out the form. She's an introvert. She loves hiding in the pew. She doesn't want to be seen, but now she's seen. And so now it's a matter of, do we get her connected? And so Crystal ended up getting baptized, ended up bringing family members to come to Jesus and getting baptized. It was discipleship. You know, her tithe is important. What she gave to God was important, but it was important that we thought of Crystal, not just that she gave and just giving makes it accounting software. But the other part makes it relational. And so I think, you know, it is binary data. Uh, It's only going to give us what we put in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, boy, you you probably can go through a couple of those sections. But it is a challenge sometimes to get data in the system. But what it'll give us back in return helps us maybe be more efficient, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, to your point, one of the things I always say about software it relates to an old phrase you guys probably know that if the output exceeds the input the upkeep is a downfall and when you what you want from a data system if what you want out of it 
like I want to know what percentage of my members are serving or something like that. If that's what you want out of it, but you don't have the input into it, then the upkeep of trying to keep that thing, that's where the frustration typically leads with people using software is on um, being able to actually use that. So, yeah, that's a really good, that's a key, really key point on that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so how do you help with that at your church, Matthew? Yeah, well, PJ, what you were saying just prompted uh, a thought. Uh, I think I alluded to this earlier. The data that we have that we have in the in the church software, you know, all that data represents people that we want to minister to, that we want to connect with, that we want to help become a follower of Christ or grow as a follower of Christ. Um, our pathway for disciple making is real simple. We made it, kept it simple so people could kind of be it be in our DNA as a church. Is connect, grow, serve. We want people to connect uh, relationally with God, relational with one another. We want people to grow uh, in their relationship with God through being involved in some type of small group discipleship ministry, and then we want them engaged in serving. and And as a result of that, we want them to reproduce others that will connect, grow, and serve. Well, Boyd, you kind of talked about your the way you market your. Uh, your software um, is very similar to what we do uh, here. People have, if they're watching online or if they're here in person, they have a way of connecting. They text in the word connect. As a result of that, they get an immediate response. Hey, thank you so much. You know, uh, if you would like more information about the church, text this. But when they, when they, and when, if they give us that information, I get an email Monday morning. This person texted in that they want to connect with your church. Yeah. I immediately respond and let them know, hey, I'm so glad. I don't know if you're watching online or if you're in person. One of the things we really want to happen is we believe it's important for a person to grow in their faith by being involved in some type of small group Bible study ministry. And I would love to help you get connected in that ministry. And I send that email out and I sent out eight or nine of those yesterday from guests that we had. And as a result of that, over the course of the next week or so, people will respond to me and say, hey, I'd really love to be involved in a small group. Can you help me connect? And so I've established a relationship that helps me get them in a small group. So yeah. it's not just data for the sake of data. It's data for the sake of just like, you know, you talked about uh, with Crystal is getting them connected. So because we really want them to grow, we want them to become a follower of Christ if they're not already or if they are, but they're not growing, we want them connected in a, in a group where they can grow and mature in their faith. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, um, numbers can just be boring, Matthew. Like, uh, let's let's all just say it out loud. So, some of the reasons that software has a bad rap is um, we ask it to tell us how many people were in the pew on Sunday, how many kids were on the hallway, and how many people were in attendance. It's five minutes in our staff meeting, and some of us, our staff meeting is us reading the the information at our desk. <laughs> and so, when you just stop there, you're not seeing the the numbers. the The trending up and down in worship is is one. Thing, but it's really not the bigger picture. The bigger picture is when you start to to put on the wall, where are we growing? Where is God moving? And so if we're not looking at how many people we sent on a mission trip last year, we're just assuming how many we sent, then we forget about it nine months from now because we don't think about that. But when that's on your dashboard, then you start to see, okay, this is where God's moving, man. We're, we're sending more people on mission this year than we did last year. We're sending more people on local serving opportunities than we were last year. We have more people volunteering on children's all. Well, if you don't have a dashboard that reflects that, then it's just going to feel like how many people came to church on Sunday. And so, you know, I, I always tried to visualize it differently. I'd try to come up with some color systems, some tiles, something that was different than just a boring um, chart, because I just feel like that's what really drug people down. Um, 
And, 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 you know, lead, leading into our, our kind of our final thing here, some, some of our people are watching and they, many of our people watching and they're saying, man, what do I do to take my first steps? I, how do I even start doing church management software to be discipleship focused? So I guess the first one is how do you even start? And I'll let Matthew go first. Cause I know Boyd has a stellar answer. Right. So I'll just, uh, I'll, I want you to go after oh, Boyd. Is that, is that the answer? Um, let me, and, and, um, this might be somewhat of a self-serving plug, PJ, but you, uh, myself, Ray Sullivan in the South, Carl Johnson uh, over in the uh, West, we would love to have a conversation with you. If you're if you're in the state of Georgia and you need some help, we would love to be able to have that conversation with you and start the the discussion about what are you wanting it to do? How how can we help you? Uh, help show you how it would be successful. You know, would help you. Yeah. If, successfully using it and then kind of point you towards some resources that might work uh, for your, what you're trying to do. You know, we definitely Boyd and others that are out there that are available to you. Uh, just ask some of the questions, begin to ask, okay, how could this help me? What, what can it help me do? Why would I even need, I, I have a church of 70. Why would I need church management software? You know, mm -hmm. let us, let us help you uh, discern how it can help you and make you better at what you do or, connecting with people and reaching them. Yeah. And, and I, and I love that as, as a next step is to talk to somebody because, because it does feel overwhelming. There are a lot of in-betweens and we all think about money and we're trying to think about what we can do to get forward. But if we don't take one step, we're not going to take that next one. So yeah, all of our consultants, it falls under discipleship. Um, like a lot of things do, but man, we, we really would love to help you take that next step. If you're using an, an Excel sheet, don't leave this broadcast without sending an email to one of us and saying, hey, is that right for me? Or are we, are we okay with the Excel sheet right now? And we, we can talk about what those pros and card cons are. So Boyd, you know, how, how do you, you, you see a lot of churches that either have an existing yeah. system uh, or no system. So talk to us about the difference between those two and their next step. Yeah. Um, well, there is a, a, a different topic. Just thinking about some of the passage you guys have, have described, and we work with them all the time. Church of 20, 40, 70, 100, right? That's the majority of churches. Well, some of the things that I, I like to talk about with them is same thing I learned when I went off church staff and went into business. I recognize businesses do this amazing thing called tracking conversations. Mm. And so one of the huge pastoral care things that can help that pastor is instead of having a sticky note over here and a little mark in my calendar over here and trying to manage those conversations. When you pull those all together in one place, the cool thing is then you can see a whole history of your inter uh, significant interactions with people and put reminders on those. You know, Matthew was talking about following up a, a, a spouse who's, uh, uh, who's a surviving spouse whose spouse, you know, was deceased a year ago. Well, you don't have to remember those. You can put that down, track that, see the whole history of it, the database is going to help you with pastoral care, volunteer recruiting, who's done what, when, who did I last talk to, who hasn't been talked to, all of those kind of things you can can do with the, the with the software, churches that size, all the way to the kind of thing of automating somebody does a digital connection card, whether it's a live stream or whatever, and they text word, it doesn't matter if they're live or live stream, it goes to the same place, and then you automate a text back to them. So that afternoon, they get a customized personal text where you're at lunch asking, and then you're 
text ends with a question. What did you think? How can we pray for you? And then this will notify you that they've responded. So all the way across, either end of the spectrum on stuff like that, we can help. Now, the way we do it, if you're kind of coming in, we can import that data from Excel or from whatever other database it is. So you don't have to manually go and type it all in. We've even got nice systems where you can have people text a keyword or go to your website, click a link, and they can put their data in. We also really wanted to make sure that our pricing was affordable for churches. There's a lot of systems, and part of the way that we built our business is instead of having the overhead of a lot of these companies that have venture capitalists that have kind of come in and taken them over, that automatically is going to add to the cost of the church because there's a different expectation. That's part of why we've resisted that. And our pricing, you can see on our website, church under 200 is $37 a month, you know. And so we can get uh, churches started with state-of-the-art software that huge churches that just do it a little bit, one little piece at a time. I also do a Meet the Software webinar every week, which is a live Zoom webinar, and I love to invite people to come if you just want to see kind of what we're doing, sort of. Um, we've kind of, we're kind of on the front edge. Part of it is because, again, the way we built the business on a lot of these features, then church teams and how we're pulling together a lot of the entrepreneurial efforts that you've seen the last 20 years in technology. Our goal was to help you bring all of those into one so you wouldn't have to follow, uh, you know, one part of your ministry strategy and one software and then you got another software you're managing the next part and another software where you're managing that. But everything from registrations to contributions to volunteers is all in one place for you. We do a 30-day free trial, um, all of that as well. Great place to kind of get started, uh, to learn. We've got some other video helps. And uh, one of the things we're known for is just really loving people and support. We take this as ministry, our support staff, all we're church staff. And so they're used to, they understand uh, what it's like to be on the other side of that conversation. Yeah. Hey, well, just one quick question. Um, yeah. Sometimes I think folks are are hesitant to pull the trigger because they're concerned about the learning curve. What would you yes. say to a pastor or a leader who says, man, that sounds great, but how, how hard is it going to be for me to learn how to use this? Yeah. Well, and that's why, that's part of why we do, you know, um, a live Zoom webinar to interact with folks. But it's also part of why we say, you know, let's take this one bite at a time. We'll offer free onboarding one-on-one person to help make sure it gets set up. By the time you've got your data into the system, we do onboarding with you to um, help customize the um, uh, language in it so it fits your church. You're going to have a feel for it. And then we try to make it as intuitive as we possibly can so that, that people can do it. And then you've got always ongoing support and things like that. It does take reps just like any software does. It takes a little bit, but it's a lot better than it used to be. Software's grown a ton and it's matured a ton in our ability to be user-centric like that, to think about it. So, yeah. the, the very fact that you said you customize language would help too. That's that's yes. a big plus in the in the church management software world if they can help customize for your particular culture church and church. Yeah, exactly. If you call them life groups, it should be life groups in the software, right? And if you call it 
have missions, it should be missions teams in the software. So yeah, we really, and that that's really what I meant, Matthew. I think that's a good insight in that customize it. As you customize that language, you get a feel for the software and our team's right there to walk with you, with you through that. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that y'all are appreciating this. Uh, we, we've been talking about doing this broadcast for a good two years and, uh, and I've been talking to different companies and different things. And so, uh, boy did not pay for this product placement. Uh, we asked him on and we wanted him to be here to meet you, uh, Georgia Baptist churches, because, uh, you know what you just said, Matthew is real. Uh, there's a pastor watching this that says, I wish I had five hours a week to give to that, but I I'm trying to get my sermon on Sunday and, and, and we know that you're gridlocked. And so we can help you with the, those steps. We can help you get going. Um, but, but picking the right software is something you do, you know, once every 10 years, you, you really don't jump around too much. So once you jump in and you start, um, you know, maybe it's just check in this year, you know, don't, don't overshoot the moon on what you're trying to do. And, and, um, and, and if we really want to track those new people, you know, we're getting reports, Matthew, of discipleship growing and churches that are running out of spaces, uh, for the first time in what, four or five years. And, and so we're saying, Hey, these people are coming. I think we have to steward their information is kind of what I want to end this on is that I think when somebody gives me their information, they're saying, please contact me. And so when Crystal filled out that form, she really didn't know she was saying, please contact me. But Crystal also was was very lonely at the time and she didn't have a lot of friends. And we were able to get her in a disciple making community and it literally changed her life. We had her on here. She would tell you like that was a pivotal moment for her. And so if I had just treated that like anything else, oh, thanks for giving and moved on. I don't think we steward those names well. And so this is personal to me because I think every name matters. If your church is growing, if you're trying to figure out why your church maybe isn't growing, um, sometimes uh, data helps us get there. And so uh, Matthew Gibbs, thank you for being on. Uh, Boyd, thank you for being on. Boyd, share the phone number one more time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, text the word. If you guys want to take a look at this, just text the word demo. Grab your phone, text the word demo to this phone number, 817-677-9888. Five zero. This is actually our software. This is something you can do to set it up. By the way, that phone number can be your church landline number even. So your people just have one phone number on texting. Again, it's 817-677-9850 and the word demo. Thanks. Yes. All right. Well, fantastic, man. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Lana, uh, for show producing. We still have to have a whole episode with her soon. Uh, just to interview her because I, I just really feel like that would be a rich debate. So I'm going to keep saying it till we we claim it. Um, and thank you to the cooperative program. Uh, thank you for what you all do and you give so that we can do broadcasts like this and help impact churches all across Georgia. Thank you for being disciple makers. And we hope that technology will help you advance the gospel in your church. Thanks for listening. We want to continue the conversation from today's broadcast in a learning community near you. These learning communities are designed to celebrate your biggest wins, resource your greatest need, and help you finish well. We also want to give you a free gift, the five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can download this resource by going to ministryboom.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptists to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org discipleship. 
Engage with us on your time through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. Lastly, if you've benefited from this conversation today, please share this with a friend as we seek to help churches make world-impacting disciple makers.